Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about maybe your favorite sports team or the team you love to hate following. Uh, perhaps at around times like these, this is an addendum to our normal episodes. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joined by my co-host, John Stefanczyk. We're going to be talking about additional allegations uh, added to Old Miss's notice of allegations that was first received, I guess, about 13 or 14 months ago now. Uh, back before signing day of 2016, um, quick timeline recap. If you if you don't remember, Ole Miss got that notice of allegations, um, responded to it in April. Then draft night happened. Um, lots of drama there. I think as we talked about on the show, what most likely 199% sure what happened was Laramie Tunsil had a former. Um, I guess you could call him an agent, John, someone that wanted to be an agent, someone that was going to represent Tunsil, uh, at the next level when he got drafted, uh, that relationship deteriorated likely due to influence from Hugh Freeze and his agent, um, Jimmy Sexton, Sexton, a a much more powerful, famous, well-known agent in the, uh, football world, Laramie, who of course is a, a very... Uh, top line prospect. He just had a great rookie season with the Dolphins. He's going to play a lot of years in the NFL, so it's not surprising that you know Sexton would be interested in him as a client. Um, Tunzel, as you know, if you if you followed his career, has had a lot of issues with sticking with commitments. I think that's fair to say, John. Um, like I said, relationships deteriorated with this original agent. Um, he ended up with Jimmy Sexton. Draft night was revenge for that. The The person had access to old iMessages and the vices of Laramie has posted embarrassing things. Bong video to embarrass Laramie. Uh, text messages that seemed to show institutionalized cheating on old Mrs. part to embarrass Hugh Freeze. Uh, that caused the NCAA, I mean, quote-unquote caused. I mean, you can, you can be the own decider of if the NCAA was really done investigating at that point or not. To reopen the investigation, and then uh, what? Nine, ten months later, here we are. New allegations. They're quite, quite damning on the part of the NCAA. Obviously, these are things that Ole Miss has to go in front of the committee on infractions. Still, argue their side of try to get them reduced. All of that. But if the investigators get their wish, this is basically like a, a criminal proceeding. If the prosecutor gets what they're charging. Uh, the penalties will be catastrophic for Ole Miss's current program. Hugh Freeze assuredly will be fired. Uh, looking at a two-year bowl ban, more than likely Ole Miss is already self-imposed. Uh, one of those years. We'll talk about the specific allegations that have been added. But, John, why don't you go ahead first. What were some of your thoughts uh, so far coming out of this? And, uh, I mean, obviously this kind of confirmed some things we've said for a while um, just about the, the poor, the poor way this has been handled 
Uh, Ross Bjork did not look great in that video that, that, that Ole Miss released, the hostage video of the day of the new allegations. Obviously, Hugh Freeze looked pretty bad as well. Um, but, I mean, what are you thinking right now, John, as an Ole Miss fan? Or, I mean, you used to be an Ole Miss fan. There's, you know, to, to, I guess with my, I guess we'll, we'll go from a personal standpoint, my relationship with being an Ole Miss fan, I mean, we're on hold, but to quote Adele, our love isn't water under the bridge, but we're going to need a break for a while. Um, probably everybody's since right now. Pretty much. You know, you're drinking the Grove, so, you know, I guess Katy Perry's our official music, uh, musician. Maybe we can get Adele to come and not. You know, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift don't get along, apparently. Maybe Adele and Katy Perry can get along. Anyway, <laughs> that got pretty sidetracked pretty quick. Yeah, well, I had no idea you had these interests, John. Yeah, hey, d- diverse diverse cultural individual up here, <laughs> up here in the northern three of New Hampshire. Anyway, um, we'll spend – I think we spend – I guess the, we'll do two parts of this. First is kind of looking at it from the Ole Miss fan – go for a relationship. And then I want to spend some time talking about kind of the ramifications of this case, really in the whole context of college football. I think a lot of, there's been a lot of content on Ole I mean, basically the Pat forties and the Walkins of the world were they, I mean, there was an argument where they being too critical on freeze this and that. Well, they've proven to be right. I mean, Ole Miss is essentially from an administration and decision-making standpoint in fighting the NCAA has done the wrong thing every step of the way here from essentially this all started right after the 2013 signing class. Yeah. I think, Go I think on. what happened. But I, I don't think, know if I totally agree with you. I might have a rebuttal to, to some of that. Continue. It started there, and then it just kind of it, it spun. It spun a different. It, it's kind of like a hurricane that changed course about four times, and you're sitting there going, "Well, what the hell is this all about?" But I think signing Kim Dietschy was completely logical, given the brothers on campus. The mom wants them together. You look at Laquan Treadwell. He had a he had a teammate connection to Ole Miss. He went to Oklahoma State for a visit, and they took him to Panda Express, which makes no sense. And then Stoops and the company kind of screwed up that his recruitment. No other big school was really after him. I mean, he was a touted prospect, but it wasn't like he Alabama. And it wasn't like he <clears throat> it was Ole Miss versus Alabama for Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, well, he really recruits Chicago, like Michigan or something. It seems kind of like no man's Michigan land. Michigan was down. Yeah, Michigan was still. That was the Brady Hoke era, correct? Yeah, I would think <clears> so, and, uh, yeah. And there's no Michigan State could never gotten Michigan State wasn't in it. Wisconsin wasn't in. Ohio State wasn't in it, which is really interesting. But it's pretty interesting that he was no Big Ten school was in it when he was out of Chicago. So that was pretty. That's pretty interesting in of itself. But I never really understood that. I think Tunsil getting Tunsil got was the that was the one that everybody went. What the hell's this all about? And then it was pretty. Looking now, we can look back and say, you know what, Ole Miss was not good at all. It, it, I mean, Alabama has a system in place where there's probably two or three levels of separation between Saban and what actually goes on with recruiting. Where Ole Miss does not have that in place. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think if Ole Miss didn't have that in place at, at any level, you would see a lot more than just the one allegation of Leo Lewis and Barney and the booster contact. Obviously. If that turns out to be, and, and we'll get into that, I think that's what this whole thing hinges on for Ole Miss is that one allegation. Um, I think it's allegation, is it three or four? Whatever maybe? it is. Yeah, know, it's we'll the get... fourth one. It's the fourth one they listed. The point is, is well, I'm trying to look at this from the from a whole Ole Miss decision-making process standpoint. Well, I think you that... signed 
class. You you signed a class that was not reflective of your record the past five years. But that class isn't what's in the allegations, is my point. But it started the NCAA bit. So here, let me here get, let me tie this together. Okay. So the NCAA comes and they talk to Freeze initially because I think there was some. You know, I think Tunsil was a little bit. George was complaining and all that. And Freeze, by all accounts, was not prepared and right. got really short and told them to basically go f themselves in so, in so many terms. And basically, we acted like he didn't even have to talk to him. And for whatever reason, they things got personal with the NCAA. And at that, and that's really because today it's pretty obvious that that's what's going on. That it's a personal vendetta against Freeze, which started in the spring mm-hmm. of 2013. So step one, they totally. Ed Orgeron told his staff when he was at Ole Miss that if they they, they were close to signing Joe McKnight, he said if we sign Joe McKnight, we have to we have to dot every I across every T because there will be a full bore NCAA investigation. Okay, Ed Orgeron knew this. And he knows a thing or two about recruiting. You know, he wasn't a good head coach, but, but he knew how to recruit. Oh, but, but Freeze and Bjork had no clue how to prepare for that. For, but, from a pers- but if that was true, with, yeah. if that was true, then that class would have been all over the NOA. And the Tunsil stuff happened a couple years later. I'm not saying there aren't obvious problems. It's, it's one thing that the difference here. It's not. It's not the class. It's the NCAA and freeze that started then. I, I, I got the NCAA you. I, wasn't able you. to prove anything. I'm with you Barney on that. It's personal, that. and obviously the Leo yep. stuff. If Ole Miss fries for that, if they have proof of Ole Miss cheating with the NCAA, you know, already way up their ass, then that's extremely stupid. That's inexcusable. But yeah. I still think there's a huge disconnect in the narrative here, and that's why I, I take umbrage with this idea that even though Freeze is facing, at this point, like yeah. a, a likely show cause, I still don't necessarily think that means the Dan Wolkins and the Pat Forties of the world, or even you know the Rose Bowls and the Coach 34s that were predicting stuff, I, I still think a lot of that is personal feelings and anger and throwing stuff against the wall. And in this case, they kind of, they were right about a personal vendetta and that personal vendetta, you know, was going to result, was going to result in bad allegations and penalties of some kind. But I still think that they are wrong when they charge Ole Miss with cheating above and beyond everyone else to get the 2013 class. So far, the worst allegation I've heard about the 2013 class is that Ole Miss deigned to try to pay Laramie Tunsil after he'd already been paid by Georgia? I mean, cry me a river on that one, man. Like that's just that that doesn't seem like that much of a moral quandary to me. Like that just seems like what's going to happen in a stupid system like this. You, I I agree with you. Know all what of I mean? That. Like like we yeah. can talk all day about the mistakes that were made that are going to lead probably to the end of the Hugh Freeze era, but I think it's a different conversation from this one where this in a way and all of this confirms this narrative and guys like Bud Elliott and SB nation who claim to cover recruiting full time, they buy into this narrative too. I just, I refuse to believe that it's true based on all the evidence that if, if Ole Miss really was the wild West worst cheater in the country, I think you'd see a lot more than what's in this, in this in a way, which is one recruit. 
This is one recruit that they that they got to testify against Ole Miss. That was given immunity. That is driving. That is driving all of this. I, I just I want to know what program in America couldn't be brought down with the right one recruit given absolute immunity and pushed on the right questions. It's just I it's, compl- it's personalized enforcement. It seems like. I completely agree with all of that. I guess I'd, I I should have stated this better. The 40s and the Walkins can quote unquote say they won on right. like one tenth of what they wrote, right. and then to the layman that kind of follows this off and on, they can go. They, they're going to come back in and look at oh, here's this NOA and go wow, you know. Because this to, stuff is think, all, to the average layman, it looks like Ole Miss was wrong. It's all in they, the window, like the reporting on it and the rumors and all. They all twist their words in a way so. Later, yeah. they can just adapt their narrative and act like, oh, I knew this was coming all along. When in reality, yeah. like this investigation, like you mentioned, it's it's personal feelings. We're probably talking about less than five people here that are driving yeah. these things. And Hugh Freeze is one of them. Uh, a couple NCAA investigators are one of them. Ross Bjork is probably one of them. And then some old miscompliance people. And then Leo yeah. Lewis. All of, all of those people... And then probably the people at state that were handling Leo Lewis through his old Miss recruitment, because we can get into that. But I mean, Occam's Razor would say that all of the stuff with Leo Lewis was at least somewhat planned out in advance on the part of Mississippi State. Um, yeah. That and and not to be too conspiratorial, but uh, that's that's that seems to be the most likely explanation for a lot of the strange things that have happened, a lot of the ways that recruitment went down. Uh, but but outside of that, I, I, it's just funny that all these people claim knowledge or to have even been involved in a way, you know, call the NCAA and turn stuff in. And and we we kind of danced around it, but there's no draft night stuff in the new allegations. There's there's no stuff about uh, a system of paying people's bills illegally for current players, and that's that's all we heard about all summer and fall, right? Was how and and that's the thing about these people that want to claim they're right. There have been dozens of accusations that have never shown up in any in a way and never will um that just get just get tossed to the side but hey i mean that's that's our cross to bear now we've been charged with lack of institutional control uh like i said freeze is facing down an almost certain certain show calls no matter what happens i think barney farrar is going to get probably a 10-year show calls i mean it's bad there's there's no real way to get around that if you're old miss i don't really see a silver bullet I don't see some path where, you know, all is forgiven. I, I said it, I think, to you, John. I, I guess it's true. Um, the, the best the best outcome for Ole Miss is that this is a, as bad as it gets. This PR beating you're taking right now uh, is, is pretty much the worst of the punishment. When the COI meets, they throw out some of the most salacious claims for lack of evidence. Those would be... Leo Lewis saying that Barney set him up with a booster to pay him between fourteen and sixteen thousand uh, dollars. Maybe also the Rebel Rags charge, where uh, you know one of your largest athletic sponsors, Rebel Rags, um, was supposedly giving free merchandise to Leo Lewis and uh, Kobe Jones, the other state player. Um, and then also there's the the charge of the restaurant giving free food. There's some disagreement on who that is. A lot of people think it's Funkies. I don't know, but if you somehow got those charges thrown out. Um, and then you're just left with the the illegal contact from Barney and the the rides and lodging for Leo Lewis and his friends. You could maybe argue that Barney was acting without Freeze's knowledge. They're gonna have to make a 
a big push on this whole um, attitude of compliance argument and try to show that Freeze did, in fact, have control of this program. And then hopefully they can get that downgraded to failure to monitor. I don't think that that's necessarily a likely outcome. That's probably a 10 to 20 to maybe 30% type of probability, but that's best case for Ole Miss. And that still results in the one-year bowl ban. You probably get a four to six game suspension for Freeze. Barney gets a show calls, um, probably like 20 scholarship production, which is serious. But I mean, at this point, with the axes hanging over Ole Miss right now, that would be a huge win. Um, so that's the absolute best case scenario. They'd sign right now for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They'd sign right now for that. But the thing is, the NCAA isn't offering that. That's an outcome Ole Miss is going to have to claw and fight and win huge battles to achieve. What the NCAA seems to be offering right now is two-year bowl ban, fire freeze, big scholarship productions, but just clean house and uh, basically nuke your program and start over. And if there's a two-year bowl ban, uh, people are going to transfer out. NCAA will probably grant a waiver so they can play immediately just because, you know, they hate us. Um, And, I mean, to be fair, for the kids, right, you know, we don't don't want them to be stuck in a bad situation. Let them go somewhere and play somewhere else. It's just going to suck if you're an Ole Miss fan, obviously, and you – recruited these kids and we're excited about them and then you watch them go play for another SEC school immediately but I mean hey at that point if if it comes to that which I think is a fairly likely likely situation guys if it comes to that I mean just step away from college football for a couple of years or pick Michigan or something cheer for someone totally outside of the SEC would be my advice um and then the middle road John which is maybe the most likely scenario but I don't know by how much and I see this one looking like uh, Ole Miss works on its response over the next couple of months. Uh, it becomes clear to Freeze that he's not going to get out of this. He resigns sometime in April, March or April, somewhere in there. Uh, hopefully the NCAA takes that into account and their eventual punishments, and maybe Ole Miss ends up with a one-year instead of a two-year bull ban. You promote either Matt Luke or uh, Wesley McGriff to interim head coach, and then you go play a season without a bowl and and then you look for a new head coach after that year, or maybe if your interim guy did good, you can maybe promote him. I see that as the most likely scenario, but I don't really know that it's incredibly likely. I think one of those three in some way will play out, though. I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head on all of that. So I'll ramble for a few minutes here, and mm-hmm. you can. And I think you hit a lot of the key points on what's the next steps in the pro between now and closing the process for all this i'll kind of go yeah, one tick up on the altitude and look at it just from kind of a i'm an assessment of the administration standpoint so so basically so they weren't prepared for the ncaa in 13 they pissed them off the ncaa clawed around for two years and didn't really say anything they never really found a whole lot Mm-hmm. And then the Tunsil Lindsey Miller thing happened in fifteen. Mm-hmm. That gave them them something. The NOA comes out in January of sixteen. The timing of it was clearly at a personal vendetta freeze towards the end of recruiting cycle, et cetera. But it looked like they were going to be able to, if that was the only thing, get basically have some you know have some bruises, but be okay. But during yeah. that, really, they were. But it's clear they wanted a smoking gun the whole time, in some way, shape, or form. That they wanted to get rid of Hugh Freeze, and it didn't right. really matter how big the gun was; they wouldn't go found it. They were digging around Leo Lewis, and what what draft night did was give them a cover to extend their investigation, right? And, and from a PR publicity whatever standpoint, 
Because it wasn't that was basically let them extend. Let's go give immunity interviews to Leo Lewis. Let's give immunity interviews to Austin Golson, Kobe Jones, etc. So that's what this led to. Now right. here's the thing: the Tunsil. I look at Bjork, and it's like your coach wasn't ready to talk to the NCAA in thirteen, and then he had a really dumb tweet saying he's you know right, he's very. Right. It was really obvious the NCAA wanted him, and then he, Freeze comes out and tweets. I forget exactly what it was on the Tunsil Lindsey Miller thing that fully supportive of defending. Basically, a oh, you mean a, a oh oh um. So you're not talking about you're not talking I'm not about talking the about the compliance tweet. tweet. I'm talking so about the, he. I don't know if it was a was it a tweet or was it like a it comment? Tweet it might it might have been a comment to a local reporter or to ESPN or something. It was like we support Laramie. He was standing up for his mother, or maybe it was a statement by the university. We were fully supportive of Laramie yeah. defending his mother. He shouldn't have. You just should have just said we're reviewing the situation. That was stupid. Yeah, too. but okay. Here's Freeze's thought process. Tunzel yes. at that point, he's not in trouble. He's not looking at being suspended for seven games or whatever. But he could easily just say, fuck it, I'm going to go train for the, the NCAA wants your head. You have but, to be exceptionally cautious. But Freeze, in all is trying to, Freeze is trying to walk this tightrope. He knows Lindsey Miller is a POS. He knows yep. that, that Laramie can probably be kind of emotional at times. I don't know. I mean,. I was worried during the suspension that Laramie wasn't going to come back and play for Ole Miss. I don't know. I could I could understand him not you know wanting to be yeah, firmly uh-huh. in Laramie's corner, but in that it was like August, July. You know, we were looking at an important season. But yeah, it was dumb. I see all this stuff is really dumb in hindsight, right? Yeah, you you get into the details. so I'm just gonna I'll, I'll just get to where I'm trying to go. What I'm trying yeah. to point out here is freeze Bjork inventor have screwed up every key decision and preparation point through this entire thing with the NCAA. And I think Vitter... Including this week. They put... It's dead obvious, if you're Vitter and Bjork at this point, Mm -hmm. the NCAA wants to give you a two-year bowl ban so all the players can transfer, which would just wreck the program. Absolutely. You have to start over. You have to start over. You have to start over. If you can, if you have to do what you need to do to negotiate down to a one-year bowl ban, and event, which involves throwing Hugh Freeze to the wolves. I think that's brutally obvious. Yet they come out with this stoop, with this Iranian hostage, or it's Bin Laden in a cave. You know, take your pick, whatever generation you want to go with there from hostage videos, and ISIS if you want a new one, whatever, and. You cannot – you put a video out that says we are still fully backing our head coach. Well, that's who they want. Yeah. Just come out and either release a statement proactively and screw the video thing. Release a statement proactively that only has Vitter and Bjork and we are responding, we are reviewing, we will notify you further when we have a formal response. But now they're telling the NCAA we're sticking by our guy. And you think – the? I mean, does the – now the – I mean – I don't even know if the NCAA wants to even negotiate a one-year bowl ban with these guys. They're just going to say, we're not even going to talk about this. We're going to, you know, get to that point. We're ne- so is it becoming – it's personal against Freeze. Is it now personal against the university? It's, it's and, probably getting there. In Bjork yeah. and Vitter? I mean, any chance – I mean, the only way you could defend what they did would be if they basically – if, if the NCAA said there's no way in hell 
we're doing anything less than a two-year bowl ban, which I refuse to believe. I think if you throw freeze out and go up to like twenty scholarships, you can get a one. You can go to a one-year bowl ban. I would but, think so. And the other thing they screwed up was Barney should have been put on administrative leave after draft night bit because they knew they knew Barney and Leo Lewis was the target. You can't tell me they didn't. They screwed that up. They left him on the road and they then they then they suspended him kind of quietly. There was just this every decision they've made was an act of defiance. So as far and then now it's become they've the hard cost that we know they can calculate is a minimum of one point six million in legal fees and that was up to the NOA last year. So let's tack on another. Half a million, let's say, to that. So now we're at two million legal fees. Oh, I, bet it's, I bet it's going to double. I bet it's gonna, my point is we're over ten million dollars of hard cost plus whatever the decline is in donations you want to attribute to this because there's going to be a decline. I don't. I mean, there's a yeah, there's a lot of. People I don't think they're going to sell. They're obviously not going to sell season tickets out next year. I mean, there's a lot of people that had to have yesterday happen to sit there and go, "My God, we got lied to," or we were we were. Not lied so, to, but almost was disingenuous, and they screwed up administratively. I'm with you, and I think a lot of people our age uh, kind of feel the same way about it. And we see this path forward where you fire freeze. Um, but I'll be honest the the alumni donor class they're not happy. Obviously, they're not excited about a bowl ban next season. But I don't think that they're nearly as um, dejected as we are about these charges, I I get a sense that they don't want to fire freeze, and I think that's why it hasn't happened yet. Um, that's why I say the most likely outcome is freeze figuring this out for himself and resigning for the good of his players and to try to avoid a show calls for himself. Uh, I think that's the most likely scenario because I think that the positions have become too hardened, and when they made that hostage video, like you said. They pretty much locked themselves in on we're not going to fire them until the NCAA makes us fire them. I mean, that seems to be the, so un- the unified the NCAA, front that's being put forward. So it was now, I mean, I, I think the NCAA may just make them fire him and give him a two-year bowl ban, whatever the hell they wanted or right. not. Right, exactly, they, exactly. They might, and that's and that's the. I mean, that's the thing. But I'm just telling you, I think that I cannot decision, believe. I think that decision has they, been made. If you're veteran Bjork. You have to manage booster booster donations to the point. So, guys, if this goes from one to two year bowl ban, right? This I mean, program's, this program screws. See, that's you. the that's the thing about boosters and administrators, right? Is sometimes if you're the administrator, you have to make decisions that the booster is going to dislike in the short run, but you know in the long run it's going to be better for everybody. And I mean, you see that all the time in coaching changes yeah. um, and stuff like that. The booster doesn't always really understand the total implications of something. You exactly. know, they have Which a short why, run mindset. Why Bjork and Vitter get paid what they get paid to make their decisions. They're in those positions, but they, they well, haven't shown that's any That's why Bjork to needs to be fired. Effort. Obviously, if Freeze leaves, get Bjork out of here. There's no reason for him to be around. I think you give Vitter a chance to hire the next AD because well, here's, Vitter so, so hasn't here's, done anything wrong. He's not an athletics director. But here's where – so here's where Vitter screwed up. As he, you look at B, – Bjork has clearly demonstrated himself as a fundraiser and an infrastructure. He could build as an infrastructure person. He's done a good job with that. Right. But he, from a total PR NCAA standpoint, has been a disaster. If you're Vitter, you got to say he's good at this skills and he's not as good as these others. Let me bring in – let me 
you you narrow the scope of his focus and responsibility and you bring in somebody else that works right under him that basically handles that and tells him what to do. And Vitter goes, here, Ross, you do a great job building stuff. I'll give you a promotion, but this guy's going to go do this. Vitter has no clue how to sit there and balance this. I mean, everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. Vitter's supposed to, you know, as the chancellor, has got to be a somebody that balances all this. So he screwed it up. Is he going to – now, he probably shouldn't – is this a fireball no, offense for no, Vitter? No, he's dude, he, he started cool. working at Ole Miss. Do I think he's – now, I will say this. Do I think he's a goon, and do I trust get donating money to when he's in charge of that thing? Not really. But, like, he's a nerd, yes. That, to me, once again, we've had this debate several times on the show, once again does not disqualify him from leading the academic side of the university. But if he, if he was to fire Bjork and make a terrible AD hire – then yeah, that's part of his job that he is not doing well, which is making hires. The, so, so, I'll, so I'll run it up the ladder. That's where the IHL right. today. They have to say, Vitter, you run academics. The IHL has to put a competent athletic person in place. And if they think, and if they're working under the assumption that but Bjork like, I still is the guy to do that, then they have totally screwed up. I so, still feel like the IHL doesn't really like the problem with the IHL is they're a a diverse group of people that have diverse goals and interest in this whole running the public universities in Mississippi thing. Like, yes, some of them probably are Ole Miss fans. Some of them probably don't want Ole Miss to do well, if they're being perfectly honest. Like, it's their job as an IHL board member, you know, to approve things, approve budget lines and so hires and all that. it's really impossible for Ole Miss to be fully kind of... For it's this kind of what I'm saying, potentially, yes. yes. And, like, okay. when you have someone like Kayat, which is a kind of a singular power that is bigger than the IHL, I feel like you can overcome some of that. But with someone like Vitter, which is he was kind of just trying to keep his head above Kayette water. Had Pete Boone be his athletic director for how many years? That tells you what you need to know about Kayat's ability to fully manage this thing. So yeah, so wasn't wasn't the Pete Boone situation? I, I, there was more there. I've I've read about it recently, but I'm not sure. Obviously, having Pete Boone was a terrible time for for Ole Miss athletics. But his hiring, I think there was some weird stuff surrounding that from a booster perspective, but I'm not sure. Yeah, something weird. That was before we started our podcast, so we don't don't have the most insight into that. Okay, so we've hit this to death. So maybe Ole Miss just structurally can't win. Maybe we can't be Alabama and goes all the way up to IHL, etc. Part of it, too, and you make a point, I guess – of course, Alabama does it with Auburn in the same state, but Alabama's a bigger state, so who knows? Anyway, whatever. I guess on the other angle to this that it's interesting to think I – th- I want to look at this case from kind of the whole spectrum of college football now for a few minutes. Okay. They – you're look, if you're – I mean, some fa- opposing fans are going to be like, Ole Miss got nailed, blah, blah, blah. But – the other bit, too, is I don't think it would ever – I think it's the odds of it ever getting to this point where immunity interviews are granted probably would not have happened to Mike Slive. No, I don't think so. And the, the ramifications of granting immunity to nail people are going are gonna, to – could potentially be very strong because does everybody then start snitching on each other because you're going to take me down, I'm taking everybody down. Basically, state basically violated this protocol. And the question is, is okay, is nuclear war going to break out? Or 
what's going to happen. I, okay, so the 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 most definite outcome, the thing that is not in debate at all, and this is almost like stating the obvious to the nth degree, but Mississippi State will continue to not recruit any out-of-state blue-chip players ever. This is This is not helping them with the guys that, you know, every year they get that five-star that puts them as their as his fifth visit because his dad went there or whatever, you know, when yeah. he comes in. He's also looking at, like, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M, and they always yeah. end up at, like, A&M or Florida or whatever. It, yeah, they, they might still have those ends, but I, I just I cannot see them signing any of those guys for several years after this, just because this stuff gets around. I, there, I think that there's there's going to be some pariah – uh, um, air put on their program. I, I think this happened to them after the whole Cam Newton thing as well. Uh, a lot of people inside, you know, the bag man and the player circles, I think were kind of not happy with the way that all went down. And you have to understand that. And we, okay, so we're going to have an episode in the future. I think in the next few weeks, I talked to you about it, John, going to get McDermott to come back on the show, asking some tax questions because Obviously, the tax argument is even more complex than I thought it was when I was talking about it on past shows. Um, you know, the gift tax and all can actually apparently be applied on these payments, uh, shockingly, almost to the exact amount that Leo claimed is the cutoff of the max. Can you believe that? Uh, the cutoff for the maximum of uh, non-taxable gift. Is that, is that really? Is that so? He's right at the limit for that. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think it's like fifteen or sixteen thousand. After that, it it becomes like something that you have to pay taxes on. So that's interesting. No shit. But yeah, so we'll get more into the tax questions. But still, at the end of the day, if people start uh, giving immunity interviews and talking about the nitty gritty of the payments that go on in college football, it has bigger repercussions. And also, John, think about what it's do- like. This is one kid, Leo Lewis. What is he doing to the lives of ninety Ole Miss football players right now? And Hugh Freeze and Barty Farrar and all these people. Like, I mean, get on your moral high horse if you want. If you're a Mississippi State fan or something, but I mean, do you really not believe that you gave Leo any money or Jeffrey Simmons? But is that really worth it to to have the negative effect it's going to have on these people's lives? I guess to state in Leo Lewis, it was. But I just think that's that's going to stick in a lot of people's minds in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, players see this happening, and I think they see what's really going on. They know that either Ole Miss or State would have given them money if they wanted to go there. You know what I mean? They, they know that Ole Miss isn't some above and beyond paragon of cheating. And if Ole Miss was cheating so bad that players felt the need to rat on them, there'd be a lot more than one talking about it in the NOA. You know what I mean? And yeah, Austin Golson talked about hunting land or whatever, but they probably had him dead to rights on that. They probably had like a picture of him geotagged there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it was that's, and that was a level three. And that's so not I'm the not, same. That's not the same as what Leo would, did, where that, Leo went above and beyond to make up new allegations. It wasn't like he confirmed one thing that they confronted him on. And, yeah. and and you did you see Leo on his Twitter posted the Joker? Some men just want to watch the world burn video. I mean, he's young, he's immature. I'm not. I mean. I don't want to make sweeping comments on people's personal lives, but it seems like Leo doesn't necessarily come from the most stable background. Um, he's in jail, which a, I hate he's to admit. He's impressionable. Exactly. I mean, that's obviously what I'm what I'm talking about. But he's impressionable in a big way. I think there are people in Starkville that have 
molded him into this mindset. But I don't think that this is a good decision for him long term either. Maybe he'll go on to the NFL and play a lot of years, but he made a lot of enemies for for what gain? I don't really know. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I haven't thought about it from Leo. He gained a competitive advantage in the Egg Bowl. That's pretty much it. I mean, like he he's real. There's it just it doesn't seem like he's really righting a wrong here. Like this just seems like pissing in people's eyes. Mississippi State just wanted him to to bust Ole Miss. It's that simple. And What's they, they, true? He'll be a hero for that to that fan base for forever. And maybe that's he'll, a, he'll that's a life a you can. And he'll yeah. always be a hero in Starkville. He may not be able to really go anywhere else, but anyway. he can he can collect checks in the Houston Tire or whatever forever. Yeah, just exactly. like uh, just like what's his face, the the NFL guy, Chris Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I I just think it's a shitty thing to do. On his part, I, I don't know what Ole Miss. I don't know how Ole Miss wronged him. It, it's hard for me to figure that one out. I'm not sure that they did. Honestly, I just think he it's, was it's he was told to do something, and he's immature. You know. Well, and like we mentioned at the top of the show, it would it, it makes a lot of sense if he's actually being paid to do this stuff by someone in Starkville, some minister, yeah. someone. I mean, he the, these things might all come with incentives attached. That would make the most sense. So uh, that's pretty probably true. Pretty shitty thing to do. Anyway, here's the thing for college football as a whole. So let's. So I mean, I think we can safe to say, if, you know, if, uh, hypothetically, Ole Miss starts snitching on State and others, is kind of you know we're going to get burned down. We're going to start yeah. talking against everybody, and then that leads to all the, and then that starts leading all this downstream. You know, basically everybody starts snitching on everybody. Well, that then's going to destroy does the SEC then cannibalize itself? Right. Which in turn would be, you know, from the whole business model of college football, particularly with Alabama being involved, is are you going to really threaten to destroy hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue, billions of dollars, up to how about a billion dollar industry? We Do we really want to get tainted? Because I think in the whole, there's a lot of, I think still the, at least a good a good portion of the majority of college football viewers across the country don't understand the um, right understand how the you know how dirty recruiting is right they cause, I don't know well if and that's that's a you, product you listen to God, you listen to Stephen Godfrey his right. interview on Rebel Grove podcast I, Godfrey, I I heard I heard an old one I haven't heard a recent one so he did, he was on this week yeah he was talking about he, he was talking about his bagman article a couple of years ago yeah i've read it of course some, everyone know, should it, read it yeah he said he said that he said it was wide, widely well received and fascinating to a lot of people and he said he had an la film he, went, he was having breakfast he had breakfast with the film producer in la wanting to see you know is there some content here yeah. potentially make a story documentary film out of this and you know get, the, the guy just goes I just can't believe it. He goes, the guy's looking at him and goes, I just can't believe that any of that is real. And Godfrey was telling Parham and McCready, he, he goes, he goes, I just laughed at him. He goes, not, not in a, Oh, you're just kind of in a, you know, some, I just laughed out loud to myself saying, you just don't understand. He basically was saying, you know, if you grow up in the South, you under, you, you, this is, this is how this happens. But basically anybody outside of that, Right, doesn't really well, and in the south, I mean, they see the cars, but they just right. don't really fully digest and understand. I mean, nobody. I mean, 
Yeah, well, it's funny. The service guys at work and I were having some fun with this. They were, you know, they, they, they came and we were like, lack of institutional control. And I was like, and they were like, oh, it's okay. Alabama's clean. Like, tongue, like they, yeah, they yeah. know it's all. Of course, this is Patriots country where, you know. Cheating's a badge, coming, of, badge of honor. They're, they're coming to me going, you guys cheated, but you weren't, but, you know, you, you weren't able to, you know, cheat and win. So, you guys got to learn how to cheat from us, basically. Yeah, the Marshall, the Marshall Henderson philosophy and that tweet. That but we're said. talking about, you know, the Midwest and Michigan has this whole we've never had NCAA sanctions thing because they all genuinely believe they don't cheat which is right. hilarious Michigan men um, Midwest yeah, well, you mean uh, Rashawn Gary they, they don't they don't cheat hey they, he, he wanted to come to Michigan because of his hey, hey I can never say anything bad about Rashawn Gary his mom did say publicly in an article that Ole Miss never offered his them mom, anything in recruiting his mom was an excellent person to do business with on the recruiting trail Long, she said things yeah. everything exactly Maybe we can he's, give her another payment to testify for us in the COI. He's, he's the anti-Leo Lewis. So, yeah. anyway. Um, but you think of, like, California, nobody out there has – I guarantee nobody on the West Coast remotely growing up out there would think this is going on because everybody's just too laid back and enjoying life. Right. The Midwest and the Nebraska fans don't – I mean, a small portion of them really pay attention. But the point is, is this – if it got out that the whole SEC was basically just outlaws – Mm-hmm. That I think that would really harm, damage college football. Mm-hmm. I think it really would have ramifications mm-hmm. to viewership, interest, etc. Mm-hmm. So the question then becomes: Is how if if you believe that that's a super, an incredibly serious or legitimate possibility, how do you avoid how do you avoid basically just nuclear destruction? Do the Power Five separate and form their own rules where they can just say, we're going to give players stipends to then... I just... I, yeah. Through? I just think... Do, or, I think you have to find a way for to neuter the NCAA where they can still claim to be doing all this stuff, but they got to get off. They got to they gotta lose some of their power. They don't... They got to lose their high horse because what will happen is, is these investigators that get in these like They get agendas data, as we as They'll we've destroy seen. it too. They'll destroy their own revenue stream without even realizing it. I think the NCA is not the smart. It is not. I mean, there's probably a handful of people that really understand it, but I think that I think they're capable of of shooting themselves in the head personally. Um, or because because here's the thing. So then they'll say, okay, can the Power Five really separate for football purposes? Well, the NCAA does have March Madness in this tournament. That that thing generates a lot of money. It's big time from a gambling standpoint as well. There's, you know, does Vegas want, want there to be a big disconnect here, etc. That's kind yeah. of something. And I just don't know where all the details would fall. And obviously, just having the the uncertainty around all of that would create would would be would be had would have an adverse impact. So, which brings me to this: do does the kind of well there's a lot of unknowns there is kind of the short-term hush-hush solution gonna be you know what hey ncaa we don't want you to go and go hunt down and investigate mississippi state auburn all these other schools involved we just you know old just, just push this narrative that Ole miss was out of control let's everybody drink that kool-aid mm-hmm. i mean i think the i think anybody reasonably have to look at that whole investigation and say you know Okay, well, if Leo Lewis got paid that, and then there's this alleged recording of 
him saying LSU and state offer this, you have to at least go investigate LSU and state, right? Right. You, I mean, you would think. We'll see. But, but is the NCAA then going to basically avoid doing that because they – because they don't want to – maybe, you know, they have pressure from outside and then maybe they're smart. They say, you know what, we don't want to light the – we don't want to light the keg of dynamite. So – and then state – and then you walk away and, old, and basically Ole Miss walks out of there getting totally screwed on this because they, they got snitched on, but then for other reasons they weren't basically able to have the – And that's – that's probably what happens. That's that's most likely. That's, and, and honestly, that's my guess at what happens. Because the rumors are that Greg Sankey has aspirations of being Mark Emmert one day, and I still I think at this point, the SEC and NCAA can kind of collude together to contain this to just nuke Ole Miss as long as they say From a public relations standpoint. Because this is Ole Miss's backward, you know. Right, as long as they say. Ole Miss is a 500 team, and they jumped too high because they ran out of control and they did some bad things. And, right, but you know, so they, quote Miss, unquote, they quote unquote cheated. And if then, you you're walking a tightrope again because you know you don't want to poke the investigators in the eye any more than you already have, but the only path forward that results in anyone getting in trouble other than you, and sure, maybe it's being petty at this point, but mutually assured destruction, right? Is you know to who publicly buy, you know, release the tape. You know who's we you know what's going to happen. The investigators though is they're going to get a. Uh, they're going to get a pacifier in the form of a big payout from Mississippi State, uh, Alabama, yeah. Ohio State, all of the big schools that are traditional, the quote unquote traditional powers. That if they win and get all the best players, it's, it's acceptable in the eyes of the public. So, yeah. And it, 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 and, and Ole Miss fans don't don't complain to me about. Oh, well, you know, how does anybody rise in college football? Dabo, Swinney, and Clemson found a way to do it. And they're not about to go get killed by the NCAA. So, well, and, but, but, who is, but who is Dabo Swinney's most powerful rival, John, at Clemson? South Carolina's over there. South Carolina? Yeah, I think you proved my point, didn't you? Well, the point is, is, is Ole Miss, Ole Miss should have been – I'm referencing. I'm referencing Alabama here. I don't mean state is some power in the in the NCAA or whatever. I think they're a thorn in our side that was conveniently located in this in-state recruiting battle to take us down. But I mean, whether Alabama personally told the NCAA to go after us or not, as a school, I don't think it matters. There were a lot of pissed off boosters. There were there are a lot of Alabama fans in the world that don't enjoy upstart teams beating them, especially on their yeah. own field the between, year after. Between Alabama and between Alabama and Mississippi State, Ole Miss. The SEC West to, just sucks. It's really well, tough well, in well, a lot of ways. Here, there are a lot here, of resources. Finish, Go ahead. Let me finish this. Given the presence of State in Alabama and Ole Miss' situation, in order for them to rise and sustain – this rise to a top 15 program, they, they, they would basically have to go above and beyond in what I would call, you know, preventative mechanisms from getting caught when you're with your cheating infrastructure system. You had to realize that, you know what, we have to, you know, maybe Alabama has two layers of separation between Saban and his boosters, for example. You're right. Ole Miss needs three yeah, because yeah, no, you it, need the cheap and you need a stalwart. You, I mean, you do have a law school. You need a stalwart legal team to go out and just defend the hell out of this. And don't tell me it's not possible because Auburn's gone off and done it. I mean, that's the thing. Don't tell me, oh, it's we have to do it. It's something that's impossible. Auburn with Cam Newton and then 
2013, they they were a minute away from winning a national title. Now they aren't as consistent against as Alabama is because it's a pain in the butt to. Right. I'm not saying you're gonna, but the point is it's doable. And they've also they've been able to they've been able to put together championship classes and do it mm-hmm. in a in a sound enough cheating way that they didn't get put on probation for it. And that's what Ole Miss yeah. is gonna have to figure out how to do if they want to ever have that that type of stre- streaky Auburn success, which is probably the best you can hope for uh, yeah. at this point. And it's going to, it's going to be five years or more after all of this, because these benefits are going to take a while to work their way through the system. Cause I don't see how they don't screw it up before they get a two year bowl ban at this point. It just, I, I think if freeze resigns, there's a chance that they, that they get a one year bowl ban and then McGri- hopefully McGriff coaches and not Luke, just because that would be more exciting to, to have McGriff. I think there's more of a, a higher ceiling there, whereas Luke is just like your your John L. Pitts type of interim guy that's just pretty boring. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about Les Miles, John, for an interim guy. Uh, he's not working right now. That doesn't make any sense. I'd be happy with it. I mean, put one of the most liked college football coaches in charge of one of the most disliked programs. I mean, it's it's from a PR perspective. You're always talking about always talking about PR. It's not a bad idea. If you wanted to bring on Les Miles for two or three for, years for stability, people were saying even just for one year, maybe if he'd do it. I mean, we're talking about someone that can come in and put a new face I, on your program. I think you got to do it two years because because you, you got to make not it look do like it for one. Yeah, yeah. More well, then then it becomes more the interim tag. You're looking to move on if you're Ole Miss and yeah. you're committed. Freeze has to resign. You have to get like Les Miles in as the interim coach for two years. That would be it. To that would be fine. Say. So yeah, and does does Bior can be does the NCAA. If if we're go- if they're going to go negotiate just a one year bowl ban, does that involve Bjork losing his job too? I just don't know how personal it is with that. Uh, maybe I don't actually know common how much. Sense. See, common sense would say that the NCAA is going to look at Bjork and be like, "You're def- you're you're stalwart behind right. this guy that we just want the- his head." So damn it, you're in the way. We're taking. Well, I don't know. I don't know how much the NCAA cares about Bjork, but if. If Freeze's tenure ends in disgrace and failure, what has Bjork really done as athletic director other he than facilities? Built the pavilion we we and, and we give him credit for that, but somebody was gonna have to build that basketball facility at yeah, some point Pete regardless. Yeah, had to get it done in a decade. Hey, hey, San, here's here's a fact: Bjork built the pavilion. Yeah, and it had raising canes. If you we were a basketball school, that Mississippians. Can go to a new building next to Vaught Hemingway on the middle of their beautiful campus. He also got lack of control charged at, at get, the school, John. I, I know you're joking, but it's they obvious can get that their Bjork, box of chicken and their soda. God, I've heard this joke. I, I know this joke. I get you. I got it. I got it. But I'm being still, dead but still, we need to fire Bjork if Freeze is is fired or quits. I mean, why not? I mean, what's what has he done that's so good? The pavilion is great. I love it. Football is in is in absolute chaos and shambles. He did not hire Andy Kennedy. He did not hire Mike Bjork. I mean, Mike Bianco. Excuse me. In uh, case whatever, just let it go. I don't know who you get. I don't know what happens. I don't know. I mean, do you promote one of his boring lieutenants? I don't know. No, you got clean. You, you got a clean house. Or get rid of all the staff. 
or you could just use a you could you could use a popular term these days. You could drain the swamp. Right. You could drain the swamp. Yeah. So, you need to drain that NCAA yeah. swamp. Well, yeah. So that drain, drain the Manning Center swamp. This this has been your uh, addendum to the original episode. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to come back in a couple days here. Talk about baseball. Talk about some basketball. Um, obviously, Ole Miss beat State uh, in Starkville on Tuesday. That happened kind of as you were recording that last show. It, it turned out to be kind of a fun game. Um, we can talk more about it on the on the actual episode. Brian Tyree, my boy. Uh, baseball going well. Ole Miss at this point on Saturday morning still uh, undefeated, five and zero on the season. Beat Wilmington last night, but. Uh, We'll talk about our regular topics on our regular weekly show. We just felt like I think we needed to uh, send a dispatch about these new allegations. Obviously, this is the biggest story uh, in Ole Miss athletics has been for several years now running. So, gotta, biggest story of this decade. Got to stay abreast of it. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think we've we gave some good uh, some good context, some good predictions. So we'll see we'll see what happens next. As I told John a few days ago, I think it's going to be. A lot of speculation and not really knowing for the next few months here. I mean, this is kind of like what we said after the first NOA. It's all going to be about what happens at the COI or, you know, as I as I said, Freeze could always resign. Be on the lookout for that. If that happens, you can assume that there is very damning evidence of uh, coordination between Barney Farrar and a booster to give money to Leo Lewis. Ole Miss warded their... Uh, response to the Leo Lewis fifteen grand or whatever the number is, saying we are still looking into it. They gave themselves a wiggle room, but they also said there is evidence of illegal contact, which means basically the NCAA looks to have us dead to rights. We're going to do some investigating and see if we can undermine their proof. But the proof we've been presented with is damning, and that's why we're making a hostage video. I would video. support your theory that you know there's certain boosters that are just stalwart freeze guys, so they're throwing an olive branch to them, and then maybe the move is is free. I cannot. And I think it. I think B York I think B York is worried about his future at Ole Miss if Freeze gets a show cause and is fired. I think he is he is tr- like B York and Freeze. Someone pointed this out on a message board. Neither one of them went to Ole Miss. They're employees of Ole Miss. Do they really care at the end of the day what happens outside of their own jobs? I mean, why would they? Yeah. Yeah. And Freeze is. I don't know. Can. I don't know if we want to spend time on this or not. Can Freeze have a career beyond this? I don't know. I mean, it'll be something that we talk about moving forward, I'm sure, a lot. It's He is more than likely going to go down a level, and, and David saunders it up after this, go be some NAIA coach for a while or but something. He's going to get a show cause. And... I guess he might end up on TV. I mean, he, he might just go a different route and, and not, not play the NCAA's coaching game for a while. I mean, he or he could go. He could even go coach high school or right like NAIA, and then, then let's say he gets like a three-year show cause. Then does he come back and be like an assistant for um, for somebody for Saban? If he's willing to, if he's willing to, you know, kind of go the Andre Agassi Challenger Tour route, then um, I don't know if you're familiar. I with could, that. I could see, I could see him doing that. I mean, only time will tell. He's still presumably because he's 46 i mean honestly, the okay coach. let's say it takes him five years to get back on this side of i mean he, he could still come back and then do something down the road Ooh, you know it'd be fun 
What? I don't know if he can do it. He should go coach. Uh, he should go coach for. He should, he should go be like a receivers coach for Bo Pelini at Youngstown State. Russell uh, is the. I'd, I'd have be, all kinds of fun with that. That'd be hilarious. But, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen to him? The NCAA wants what they want. Ole Miss trying to uh, build a case with their multi-million dollar law firm currently. So, only time will tell. We'll we'll see with that. But uh, expect it. Expect it to go one of the ways we laid out on this show. I think we have a few divergent paths there. So that's what I'd be looking for. Um, thanks for listening to the special episode, guys. Um, of course, you can follow us Eight on Twitter. Figures. So. Freeze, Bitter, and Bjork have cost this university eight figures. So, congratulations, Ole Miss alumni fans, etc. Uh, yeah, at least, right? I mean, Congrats. yeah, yeah. I've, I've got two alma maters. I can, I can think of the other one. So, must be nice. I'm down here uh, getting ready to watch some high school football. And no, I'm just kidding. I mean, dude, we still have Ole Miss baseball. It's fine. Hey, I want, I, I want to close on this. Okay. I, I think one of the biggest, most. You know, you got to be impressed with Mike Bianco's ability to operate a program to make, to build a relationship with with his uh, with his bot with his senior se- seniors boosters etc. Yeah, that lets him have 17, 17 years he had at all this. Yeah, there's the whole get. You know, he can't go in the big game deal. Well, look, not I mean, yet. I mean, but he's he's still relatively young. He's well, still well, building he, this thing. He's he's got him to Omaha, and here's the thing: Ole Miss is not the most. Um, We've suited, talked about, with the way, yeah, with the way college baseball works, it's not the most suitable to ha- having the deepest roster. You look at what the tops program's been in a, in a at LSU. You look at Georgia's in-state talent. Right, exactly. There, there are other Florida factors that, that, are, he, that he coaches through, and that, yeah, he's he's a hell of a coach. Yeah. And so. and I think and moving forward as an old Miss fan, your priority has to be holding on to Bianco, right? I mean, like that he's his his program and, and college baseball is kind of it's not the biggest show either. But he, for he, Ole Miss, it can be a rock through this whole thing. The college ba- they can rally around this baseball team. You know, Ole Miss fans love going out to the games this time of year. Everybody's following it in the fan base. I mean, we need this. With the football seasons we're and, about to have, and he's got a he's got it, and we'll talk about this more next show. Yeah, yeah. He's got a young group of players that I tell you, the the, the next three years of Ole Miss baseball it's gonna are gonna be really fun. fun. We got a game coming up here in about fifty minutes. Um, as I mentioned, Wilmington, but yeah, we'll talk about the whole series probably Monday, Tuesday, somewhere in there. You'll hear from us again. Uh, talk about this basketball game with Missouri that's happening today as well. Uh, but John, you got any you got any final thoughts? That'll do it. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening. We enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed talking about this uh, this bleak, bleak time that we're all going to get through together. So uh, we'll see you in a few days. Thanks for listening. Hi, Toddy, guys.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.